You're listening to Adishokbe Live, the Afrobeat podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another edition of Adishokbe Live, the official Afrobeats podcast, live here from the Afromedia studios in London, where we'll be breaking down some of the Afrobeats and Afropop culture headlines and giving you my take on what I really think is going on, including some viral stories as well. And trust me, in the last seven days, I've had some interesting viral stories that I'd like to give you my take on. Now, some of the headlines we'll be looking at will be very simple. The NSARS movement that has taken over Nigeria, the United Kingdom, United States of America, where the youth in Nigeria finally stood up against the SARS and, of course, asking and demanding more from the Nigerian government. We'll be looking at the likes of DJ Copy protesting in her backyard. Uh, I'll look at that a little bit closer. David O'Meeting, the Inspector General of Police in Nigeria, and crossing over to South Africa, looking at the likes of actress Pearl Tusi, who said this week that she's received negative, you know, negative comments and attack for her light skin complexion in her industry. And outside of it, we'll be looking at that a little bit more. And, obvi- and also, there's another story that pretty much just broke with UK rapper um, and entrepreneur Lito Bizzle being done in the car park. He fell for the old trick of trying to buy a television off the back of a lorry. Oh my God, the results are the same. Anyway, we're going to get straight into it this time. Um, and I'll be starting with the first headline, which is the NSARS movement, particularly the London uh, demonstration, which was attended by the likes of Whiskey, Shay Shay, Slim Case, Mr. Easy, and a lot more celebrities with a lot of ground swelling support from celebrities in Nigeria stepping into the fray and speaking on behalf of their fans and the common man in Nigeria. I attended the London demonstration, the first one that is in front of the embassy in London on Sunday, and I've got to say it was one of the most inspiring moments for me. Um, most of the people that attended that protest are born and raised in the UK. Some of them have never been to Nigeria before or perhaps only heard or, or thought about traveling to Nigeria because of the entertainment scene, the likes of Whiskey David O and all of these guys have brought to the table. And when I went there... Um, Whiskey did not only come out there, he also climbed on, I think it was Smade's car, grabbed the megaphone and spoke to the audience because on his way to the demonstration, the news eventually came out that the, the special anti-robbery squad named SARS in Nigeria had been defunct uh, by the Inspector General of Police. So he came not only to show himself, but also to bring a little bit of good news. And if you're just hearing about NSARS movement for the first time, where have you been? Um, Basically, SARS is the special anti-crimes unit created in Nigeria within the police force to deal with robbery, kidnapping, and special cases that have tormented the people for a while. Unfortunately, members of this special unit have gone on to commit the crimes themselves. Murder, extortion, rape, and... uh, and, and a lot of the young people have been targeted because if you look at the young people in Nigeria over the last decade, a lot of them haven't been working the same way our parents have worked, the nine to fives, tie and suit, 
Most of them are creatives with the music, a movie, a tech industry with tattoos on their body, plated hair, all of that stuff. But the police have singled those ones out to become uh, what they call it. They say you're a criminal now if you look like that. Or if you have an iPhone, you're a criminal or a laptop. Oh, my God. God forbid you carry one of these uh, and one of the SARS operatives in Nigeria sees you. That instantly tells them that you are a Yahoo Yahoo boy. So the young people have stood up and um, it's caught fire around the world with celebrities like Diddy and, you know, Chance the Rapper and Lil Baby lending their voice trace songs on social media, posting NSARS and making this hashtag the number one hashtag over the weekend around the world and really just supporting the young people who continuously go in Lagos particularly to the Lekki Toll Gate and have been demonstrating there and of course at the government, I think the government building in Alaska in Lagos every single day. We've had other entertainers like Flavor Nabanya, Fino, travel all the way to Enugu to ensure that they touch their own city and pass the message out there. So, you know, it's been a lot of work this last one week and, and what the world is seeing is a young generation who will not back down, who will not keep quiet, who will demand, you know, uh, not only justice, but also ask the government to take care of the security forces that are supposed to be taking care of them. That way, some of these officers will not be frustrated to want to abuse their power. Um, and other headlines within that was that uh, Nigerian superstar DJ Copy. Um, if you don't know who she is, she's also the daughter of billionaire Ted Dollar, a fantastic DJ and a wonderful person. I can personally testify to that. Um, she traveled to Nigeria via Dubai and she was she posted on Twitter that I'm going home. I'll be joining my people on the streets. We need to end stars and all of that. And then she gets to Nigeria and for some reason didn't join the demonstration. And people started attacking her on Twitter and saying, where are you? All of that. And she said, yo, I was told that I've got to self-isolate for 14 days or, or whatever the time is. So I wouldn't be able to join the demonstration. The first tweet that came back at her was somebody claiming to have been on the same flight with DJ Copy from Dubai who said he or she had been at the demonstration for the last two days. So your story allegedly might not be right. Then again, we saw DJ Copy, and this one, I've got to be honest with you, man. Like, I love Copy. I think her heart is in the right place. I think she's intelligent. I think she's hardworking. And she's growing to be a really formidable voice, uh, force in the Afrobeats industry. However, she has faced criticism and ridicule on social media in the past for reasons that are beyond her control. People just hate the fact that she's the daughter of a billionaire and she's living lavish and comfortable, enjoying the fruits of hers and her father's labor. Every, that's every father's dream. I want to be a billionaire so my daughter can enjoy the fruits of my labor. Now, she posted a video, if you check that out, of her apparently holding a placard in her back garden with the rain there, you know, saying that that's her form of demonstration because she's self-isolating and the rain. And for me, it almost looked like a moment where she gave the Twitter and Instagram trolls another opportunity for them to take their jab at her. Yes, you might have been staying away from the demonstration due to self-isolation. However, I don't think you needed to post that video. Just wait till the self-isolation was done, hit the streets with your friends and family, and all is done. 
But one, you know, then again, uh, maybe management thought that was okay. Personally, I think it wasn't. And, and it just allows people to keep on, you know, throwing shade and, and, and laughing at some of her decisions. Uh, and this one probably is one of those. But I digress. Another positive news coming from the demonstration in Nigeria was that Davido uh, went to Abuja, the capital of Nigeria, to touch the ground and meet the Inspector General of Police as well as the Speaker of the House of Assembly. Um, and during this meeting, we could see David passionate there. He had his manager, his lawyer, his sister speaking on behalf of the young people, demanding justice and an end to SARS and a reform to the police to ensure police forces get what they deserve for protecting the nation. He, you know, he was there. Obviously, a lot of people uh, caught a little snippet of that uh, meeting out. There was a snippet there where David responded to the IG or somebody saying he didn't go to Abuja to protest. And he was there to calm the protesters down. And that went viral. And a lot of people weren't happy about that. I think what he was trying to say was at that moment, he wasn't one of the protesters. He was there to broker peace between the police forces and the demonstrators that were coming towards each other with the police forces, obviously, with weapons in hand, which, understandable, again, you know, this is somebody that has not only used the social media to, to speak out against the injustices being suffered by the young people, but also his latest single, Femme, which allegedly was a diss track to his brother, Burner Boy, has unofficially become the anthem for this movement. Oh boy, you don't, they talk too much. Small talk, you don't, they talk too much. Fair. So maybe I'd have to fair on that one. i move to the ne next headline. But again, you know, it's a big difference to, to what's going on in Nigeria. And just to see how the young people are coming up and standing up again around the world, it's, it's very encouraging. And it shows that this generation definitely won't change. They know what it is to demand change, and they know they have their voices now, and people will listen to them. So big shout-outs to everybody on the front line, you know, speaking up against injustice. I think everybody should do that. And, and for the entertainers who have put their livelihoods on the line, we will do everything to ensure that you do not get compromised by supporting your music. Go out there and stream, buy, download the music, and support these guys. Now, moving away from that, Whiskid, we're coming to the UK now, where Whiskid has currently been for the last couple of months. Uh, his anticipated album. Now, this album we've been waiting for for years. It's titled Made in Lagos. The fans have demanded, asked, begged for this album about a month and a half ago or something. He put out news that he was dropping the album on the 15th of October 2020. Obviously, due to the demonstrations and the goings-on in Nigeria, he felt the time wasn't ripe enough to drop the album, so he's pushed it a further week. So I think the album now drops on the 22nd of October, uh, made in Lagos. Is, well, listen, I don't know if there's anything else we can say about this album. Everybody's waiting for it, period. Whiskey album, made in Lagos has a date. So we're looking forward to this album. I know David also has an album. But speaking about Whiskey, actually, um, a few days ago, because he postponed his album, uh, his colleague, Ricardo Banks, who also had an EP coming out scheduled to be released on, I think, on the 23rd of October, released a single featuring Whiskey on 
the 15th of October. Now, what happened was, obviously, if you know the behind the scenes when it comes to music release and promotions, there's been things going on in the background for months, which I can definitely testify to. Now, the music drops on social media and the tweet went out that Ricardo Banks had put a single out featuring Whiskid. Whiskid retweeted that and told him to take the music down, that this was not the time for you know, releasing songs and, and went on to even call him a clout animal and whatever, but then deleted that tweet within about 30 or 45 minutes of putting that tweet out. You know, I, I, a lot of people say, yeah, you know, that uh, it might be an insensitive time to release music, but other fans on social media has also gone to, to criticize Whiskey as well for uh, the language where he spoke against his brother Ricardo Banks. But personally for me, it is, incest, it is a very, very special times at the moment and everybody has to be sensitive to what's going on. However, if you are in the creative industry where your bread and butter relies solely on what you do with your music, your art, whatever it is, work still somehow has to go on to ensure that you can, you know, you, you can take care of your family whilst you ask and fight for justice. So we need to find the right balance. Um, we're not going to, this demonstration must keep going on. However, people also have to find a way to ensure that they can take care of themselves whilst they keep this struggle going on. It's a conversation that I want to hear people have. You know, how can we do, when is the right time to release music? Do you wait for like a week, a month, two weeks? Stay away from this completely, music you put out has to be socially fo uh, focused, like, oh, it has to be about the struggles people are going through. Let's, let's hear it. You know, hit me up on social media. Tell me when you think is the right time for people to get back to work or to put out music or content or whatever. I want to know because personally, you know, it's, it's a very difficult time. I don't think we've experienced this before. We will be learning from, you know, other places around the world. So maybe people need to just come up with the right way to support the movement, show sensitivity, but also try to keep, you know, a part of their normal life going. It's just like COVID-19. Yes, it's dangerous times. We can't go out and party and meet family and friends. However, we've got to work somehow so even though you can't meet one or two people, you have to go out and do your work. So let's, let's, let's find out what your thoughts are on that one. Um, flipping from that, I'm going straight to the next headline. American Ghanaian comedian Michael Blackson seen partying in Ghana. If you know Michael Blackson, he is the comedian of Ghanaian heritage that has been popular in you know, African-American movies in the States. I think he's based in LA or Atlanta or something. In the last one week, he's been seen partying around in high-flying parties in Ghana. He was seen in a studio session with Sarkodie, Fuse, Latani, Bile. You know, he was seen partying with Becca. So he's really going back home and, and partying with the people. But more importantly for me, he was seen at a school in Ghana where it looks like he's putting money towards building a primary school for some local kids back in Ghana where they took a picture as well as videos of the young kids excited to be on ground, the foundation of the school that Michael Blankson is funding. And I think that's a message to everybody around the world. If you're 
African, Nigerian, Kenyan, Ghanaian, whatever, and you're living in a Western community and you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, try to come back home. And not only just come and see family and friends, dip your hand in a pocket and support a good cause to help someone else get to the next level. And I think Michael Blackson deserves a massive shout out for this. Uh, not only is he a funny man that likes to be around fine women and all of that stuff, but he's also dipping his hands in his pocket to support the local community in Ghana and to, to, to invest in the future of young Africans, young Ghanaians. And that, for me, deserves a salute. Moving on from that, we're going straight. Now, this one is a sensitive story. When I saw it on social media, I, I wasn't too sure about how to address this. So it reads, Nigerian singer Orisha Femi calls for his wife's return home on social media asking for them to resolve their issues after domestic violence allegations. So it looks like the story is somehow like this. Him and his wife got into uh, whatever type of altercations and she's allegedly moved out of their, their, their home over the last two weeks. So initially he had criticized a friend of hers who apparently uh, his wife is currently staying with. So he's criticized her and say, oh man, you're just advising her wrongly, let her come back home. And a couple of days after those social media criticisms, he went as far as now put a public apology up and say, sorry for whatever is done. Please come home to me. I will work on it. I'll be a better man. All of that stuff. Domestic violence is not a funny issue. You know, um, women and men lose their lives daily around the world through domestic violence, particularly in Africa with uh, a lot of women not families not seeing justice because of this. So regardless of your position in the society, once there's a domestic violence allegation, is one of those that I really like to take a closer look at and, 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 and deal with it closely. Basically, because we don't have that much of information around this story, what I would say is this. Domestic violence is not uh, a, a funny issue and that people need to take support, particularly the victim, has to seek help in ensuring that she gets better physically and mentally from the effects of domestic violence. And the perpetrator need, needs to hold their hands up, face the music that they have committed a heinous crime. Face the music, face justice, and eventually look at rehabilitation. Um, I also strongly believe that every human being can be better unless they've committed crimes like pedophilia, sexual assault, a murder, anything else, which domestic violence can creep into those top three re incredibly sad criminal offenses. I also think that a lot of Particularly in Africa, a lot of the young men were brought up in a way where, you know, he didn't respect women, um, felt like it was okay to put their hands on women. And they've seen that from generation to generation, father to brother to uncle to cousins. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in Africa to ensure that we see that this crime cannot keep on going in the families. So when you look at your wife, you think of your daughter. When you look at your girlfriend, you think of your sister. And, in, and the way you wouldn't want anybody to treat one of those is how you wouldn't treat them. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's what I'll say on that. And then from that, we'll fly over to South Africa. Adeshope Live, the Afrobeats podcast sponsored by World Remit. Where South African superstar actress Peltusi speaks of the hate she gets for being light-skinned and why people think she gets her roles essentially because of her skin complexion. Um, this one is a very uh, difficult one to handle. We've seen in the, in, in the public that dark-skinned women or darker-skinned women haven't, you know, received roles or haven't had favorite, uh, favorable positions because of their complexions, haven't covered magazines, haven't been in commercials, haven't um, been casted in movies because of their complexion. Now what Pearl Susie, who is uh, lighter toned, uh, is saying is she's now receiving negative attack on social media because of her skin complexion, where people are now trying to downplay her acting credentials for her skin complexion. This is my take on that. I think Pearl Tusi is a fantastic actress, and I believe that she has the quality to perform her role in any movie or, or you know, anywhere where she's been casted. I think she possesses the skills to represent fully in there. And I understand how sensitive she might feel or personally attacked, she might feel when people start to say that. Unfortunately, a lot of people are fighting back based on decades of, you know, particularly on behalf of darker-skinned women, of decades, years of women that have had almost the same amount of skill and talent, but because of the complexion of their skin, have not been given the same type of opportunities. It is not Pearl's fault that she gets doors open for her sometimes because of her beauty or her complexion. However, it also has to be acknowledged that sometimes perhaps that has added to the benefits that she's had. But once again, it doesn't give anybody the right, social media troll, commentator, to downplay the incredible gifts that this woman has for the fact, the simple fact that she's lighter skinned. I think that's disrespectful. I think that is appalling. I think there's no place for that. And people, yes, we need to speak up for darker skinned women and men. Yes, we need to ensure that there's equal opportunities for anybody being Asian, American, African, wherever you are, we should be judged on our talents and our skills and not on the way we look, how tall we are, or how good looking or whatever. So we need to ensure that there's a level playing field for that. But once again, social media trolls, I beg you leave Peltuzzi alone, man. She's a beautiful woman who's just doing her job. You know, yeah, yeah. let's face the industry. Let's face the casting directors. Let's face the, you know, the production assistants. Those are the ones that make the decisions. Pearl's just walking through the door. So why, why her beef? Anyway, we're living, oh, we're not living in South Africa. We're staying in South Africa because South African superstar rapper Casper Yoves revealed he will not be signing artists for the near future because he wants to concentrate on being an artist. This is one that a lot of artists have said in the past. Successful artists are always being pushed. 
When are you going to sign a new artist? When are you going to mentor new artists? Who are you bringing through the door? How can you make it happen for somebody else? And some of them try to do that. David O with 30BG signing Maya Kundremo and a host of other people. We've seen it in the past. However, we've also seen that when artists sign artists, sometimes it could be difficult to promote the younger artists because the head honcho still wants to have hit records, still wants to have that spotlight or publicity on them. So that means they start to reduce the amount of money they give the younger artists for their budget. They start to reduce the television or promo time that that younger person gets. There might be a little bit of a conflict of interest. Some people have done it well. David does it well, and other people around South Africa. And I think Casper was, was speaking mainly on that. He's got a label called Family Tree that's been distributed through uh, Universal South Africa. Uh, he signed Nade, Nadia Nakai, um, amazing rapper in South Africa at the moment. But he said he's going to be sticking to just Nadia and himself. And one of the reasons why he's sticking to Nadia is because Nadia doesn't really need his approval for music. She knows how to get her music done, ready to send it to the boss and put it out. She's got her video ideas ready. She's got a production team ready. She's got a fashion team ready. So he doesn't have to micromanage her. And I think that's part of the reason why he's like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. I'm only going to be signing producers. And that is simple. Sign producers, make me an amazing beat. Let's have a hit record and we all eat together. There's no competition because producers, most producers want to be in the background. But nowadays, <laughs> with the amount of producers that want to be singers coming out of Nigeria, listen, you can't blame them. Everybody wants to eat, bruv. And it looks like the superstars are the only one eating and the producers ain't eating. So that's another story. But Casper made an amazing point there. And I think a lot of musicians need to think about that. Do you want to sign a new artist and focus on them? sacrifice you being an artist or focus on your artistry and yourself alone? That's the question to answer. Um, we're going from South Africa to Tanzania where superstar Diamond Platinum's a.k.a. Chibude Chibudenge a.k.a. Dangote was seen performing for thousands of fans. Now, the reason why that made headline news is because COVID-19. In Western world and other parts of Africa, it's been, it's, it's been banned. You cannot perform for thousands of people. However, in Tanzania, it's a different story. Uh, the Tanzanian president, uh, John Magufuli, has been a staunch critic of the Western world and the handling of COVID-19. Uh, I think a couple of months ago, he even came as far as to declare that Tanzania was COVID-free and that they could go about their business the way they like. And he kicked off against lockdown as well because he felt like the lockdown was going to plunge the Tanzanian people into poverty. I don't think he got that one wrong because around the world, the lockdown has affected millions of people and a lot of people have hit the poverty line due to the lockdown. So I think with that statement, he will be right. But when you look at the videos coming out of Tanzania, with Diamond Platinum's performing stadium after stadium, 50, 60, 70,000 screaming fans at these events. For people like us in the UK, that we've never, we haven't even been at nightclubs in the last one week, 
I'm thinking to myself, in the last one year, I'm thinking, how does this guy do it? Um, but apparently his latest performance was at a rally held for John Magafuli's re-election. So, uh, Diamond Platinums is a staunch uh, admirer of uh, the president, and he's endorsed him fully and performing at these rallies, bringing forward the young people. Diamond Platinums is one of the biggest superstars in Africa. The East African monster, in my opinion, uh, is the first African artist to hit over a billion views on YouTube. And that says a lot about how powerful this man is. So to see his concerts, it's just mind-blowing for us. And even though COVID-19, we have um, the reasons to stay indoors and sit down and stay away from public places and all of that stuff, I'll be lying to you, man, if I didn't say... Boy, I miss that Afro Nation, man. God damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Portugal was crazy. Ghana was ridiculous. And I can't wait to get back to those moments. And, and you know, Diamond Platinum's just giving me chills, man. I'm looking at the crowd. I'm like, rah. When are we going to get back to this, man? Come on, COVID-19. It's, enough is enough, bro. Free mans, man. I beg you. <laughs> And then from Tanzania, listen, we're coming to the UK, to the UK. I'm finishing in the UK. First story in the UK is rap legend and grand godfather Wiley calls out Stormzy for not taking the bait and responding to Chipmunk in the 24-hour timeline. Now, if you follow this story, Stormzy, Chipmunk beef, Chipmunk dropped a couple verses, I think about two records, uh, dissing Stormzy, and everybody expected Stormzy to fire back straight off the rim. Well, it looks like Stormzy has other plans. He hasn't responded, and, you know, the, the, the rumor mill is that perhaps the team don't want him to respond and give Chipmunk the air that he needs. The others are saying uh, Stormzy is probably just going to respond in an album, and that's it. And other people are just saying Stormzy doesn't rate Chipmunk and ain't coming out. For people like me who believes that Chipmunk is one of the heaviest lyricists in the world, I personally think if you're going to respond to, to Chip, you've got to be ready for a back and forth that probably can last a whole month. Because Chip, like my brother Collar says, can't run out of bars. And that's a fact. And let's, let's be, let's be 1,000 on that. Um, but everybody knows Stormzy is an incredible lyricist as well. So this is very interesting that he's not responding. So Wiley said, if he doesn't respond, he's going to make music diss tracks towards Chip, Stormzy, and Skepta. If I was Skepta, I'd be thinking, what did I do? Like, man's out here cooling, you know, just chilling, and my name's being mentioned in a war? But, hey, that's Wiley anyway. So we'll, we'll wait to see if this one happens. Still in the U.K., um, a social media influencer slammed Afro-bashment artist Kojo Fons for allegedly claiming a sexual relationship with her on, in, a, in his brand new record. Now, I'm a big Kojo Fons fan. You know, I follow Kojo Fons heavy. I love his vibe. I love the music. And I listened to the song, but I didn't hear a name that he mentioned in that song. So I'm not sure if it was me not hearing properly or maybe some people threw out some stuff that, you know, uh, I got this young lady irate 
and she came on social media and she was she was hard she was like nah she's not even gonna let him let him lick her toe blah blah and i'm like hey who called your funds you know but for me um I understand sometimes uh, she, she went on to express that a lot of guys in the industry just attach bodies to, to female names that isn't theirs and make them seem like they're sleeping around and stuff. And I understand that frustration too. But I, the cultural funds that I know as a fan and maybe as a person wouldn't want to use a name of a lady for clout. That's what I think. But I might be wrong. So I'll wait for, I'll look forward to try to see, you know, what she's saying if she has the, if it is true that he tried to use her for clout. But I, I just think it's wrong, man. Like, I, I don't believe it, but apparently people do it in this game. And the funny thing is, if you're in the entertainment business, what you find out is a lot of the female stars, be it singers, actresses, there are always names of relationships or people in there that they've been with and relationships they've had. And sometimes that affects business. It affects personal relationships. And, you know, speaking out against that, I completely understand and I think it's right. You know, definitely is one of those. And finally, just be, uh, before we came on, two headlines. Addy Caprio buys a car for his mother and social media trolls are kind of saying to him, he should have bought her Mercedes Benz instead of a Nissan. Look here, trolls, wherever you are around the world. Every man's dream is to buy their mother a car. And he also said that that's one of the gifts he's presented to his mother in 2020. As far as I was concerned, that is an applaudable feat. To not only surprise your mother on her birthday by buying her her dream car, but also thinking about her in these COVID-19 times to dip your hand in your pocket to support. So any Twitter troll that believes that he should have bought a Mercedes-Benz instead of a Nissan, what did you get your mom? I personally want to know. Uh, I can hear my brothers laughing in the background, but that's the truth. What did you get your mom? You know, so you can't come on Twitter if you didn't get your mom a gift, period. So next time when people are celebrating, you know, their mothers and supporting them, applaud the young men. People his age will probably be spending that money on sneakers rather than buying a car for mom. And finally, on this headline here, on Adi Chopin Live, the Afrobeat podcast live from Afri Media Studios in London, uh, Lethal Bizzle, the rapper, fell for the oldest trick in the game. Guess what that is? At the petrol station, someone walks up to you, telling you he's got a lorry full of televisions, brand new TVs that he believes you can buy, for less than 10% of the actual price. Yes, he did. I'm sure you're thinking, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. He saw the TV in a box all wrapped up together, 55-inch TV, worth over a grand, and they asked him 200 pounds for it. He did the calculation, strong Ghanaian man with money. That makes a lot of sense. Let me cop this, as he said, and probably send it to Ghana or something. Guess what? He gave the guy 200 pounds, took the box in his car, got home and just thought, let me just have a look at this brand new 200 pound TV I bought that's supposed to be a grand plus and smile to myself for getting one over the system. The TV was broken. On that note, we end this edition of Afrobeats podcast, Adesha Life. Catch me, same place, 
Same time next week. Make sure you follow across all social media and platforms to get the notification. Remember, if you support, we'll keep on doing what we're doing. Thank you very much. You're listening to Adi Shokbe Live, the Afrobeat podcast. Right, press and got their sauce.